Hey, hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne. And it's my mission to help entrepreneurs make a difference and to get through the uh, challenging worlds of startup and growth or relaunch. And today we're going to dig deep with our guests and get you some great concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And our uh, special guest today is Jeremy Britton. And uh, Jeremy became a financial planner at the age of 19. Since then, he's created 13 startups and written three best-selling books and is now off into a new venture called uh, Boston Coin. And I'm sure he'll tell us about that. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thanks for having me, Brian. Glad to be here. Happy to have you. Let's let's start out by asking you where you're hanging out today. I'm currently in Brisbane, in Australia. So it's um, yeah, just gone Monday morning, Tuesday morning. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I, work, I work most days. I do I do a couple of hours most days. But yeah, I know, I know in Australia it's it's the morning after while while the US is on the day before. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, I'm on I'm in Northern California. So it's uh, the middle of the afternoon for me. So it's morning tomorrow for you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So uh, in in uh, Boston Coin, your business, what what inspired you to get started in that business? Well, my my initial business, like I started my business first out of school in financial planning. And obviously, you know, stock market is very complicated. There's there's thousands of different stocks and different industries and things like that to invest into. And most people can't get their head around it because it's difficult to understand. And the people who can get their head around it often don't have time to do it because they're too busy. They've got a family, they're running a business, they've got their hobbies, they've got other things going on. So for, for the first 400 years of the stock market, it was mostly for the super wealthy, the ultra elite who had their own brokers and had thousands of dollars to put into each different thing. And then in 1971, Jack Bogle came out and said, I'm going to make the stock market for every man and created the, the world's first stock mutual fund. And people laughed at him and said, like, poor people don't want to invest in stocks and shares. No one's going to want to do that. Uh, but fast forward a few years. And uh, the, the stats are in the US, 90% of investors have money in a mutual fund rather than individual stocks and shares. In Australia, it's 85% of investors have stocks in a mutual fund rather than their own individual stocks and shares. So it's was, it was all about making things simple. Um, when I started financial planning, I didn't know a lot. So I would use the mutual funds. And I would study up on the sideline and find out a lot more about stocks and shares. So I could include a few stocks and shares in my clients' portfolios, depending on what they were into. Like if they, they had their car insurance and their house insurance and their life insurance with the one company, it made sense for them to invest into that company because they knew that company well. And same, you know, depending on where you bank or where you got your groceries and that sort of stuff. So we'd have some specialized, specialized stocks and shares and we'd also have a core portfolio which was a diversified portfolio. And as, as you know, like you have 40 or 50 stocks in your, in your mutual fund. If one goes down, it doesn't matter. If there's a plane crash, other things are going to go up and it all balances out at the end of the day. So that's, that's what I've done for the last 30 years. Um, and when I discovered cryptocurrency around about 10 years ago, and I looked at cryptocurrency and went, this is kind of like a little tiny stock market. You know, there's thousands of different projects doing different things. Admittedly, a lot of them are rubbish. Um, of the 20,000 coins that are available, I'd say probably 17 or 18,000 of them are rubbish. But there's some really, really good projects as well. 
little startups similar to like how Google and Microsoft and Apple and Amazon started up in the old days. It's just a couple of guys working out of their garage, working out of their home office. And they've got this little project, which just happens to have really, really strong potential. So it's, it's quite easy to do a little bit of research into cryptocurrencies the same way you do a bit of research into a stock and then say, this one's got the potential to, to grow 10,000% over the next few years. Um, this one's going to go to zero, you know. So, you know, some people, as I say, some people have got, their, got plenty of time and they can do the research. We'll teach them how to do the research if they've got time. But if they don't have time, then we'll actually run the mutual fund for them. Okay, great. That's a that's a, a interesting story about uh, uh, the comparing the stock market to to uh, Bitcoin. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I understand after your explanation. So, you know, there's like you say, Bitcoin's got uh, a lot of uh, true believers or advocates, and a lot of people that don't understand it, and a lot of people think it's the devil incarnate or whatever. But um, what's your biggest challenge in in the, getting on with your business I, I guess it's just understanding of, of things like I, I was I was a, a very earlier adopter of the internet um, in 1996 my sister moved from Australia to the US and we were very close and like she moved over there to marry some wonderful bloke and have children and I can't afford to call her you know every night because it's it's cost a lot of money for international phone calls so I bought a fax machine and she bought a fax machine. Now, for those kids who don't know what a fax machine was, they were really popular in the late 90s for about eight minutes. Um, I would handwrite a letter to my sister and fax it to her, and she'd handwrite a letter and, and, and fax it back to me. And that's how we communicated until she said, hey, there's this new thing I've just heard of the internet, and we can talk to each other over the internet for free without paying for the international phone call. And I'm like, I don't understand how that works. How can you not pay for an international phone call? It's got to be a scam. It's got to be rubbish. I don't know. But I trusted my sister and I bought a computer and I bought the modem and hooked it up and we could talk to each other. And I told a few of my friends, hey, I'm on the internet and I'm talking to my sister for free in America. And my friend said, oh, don't be on the internet. You know, it's full of drug dealers and it's full of sex predators and, and all this sort of stuff. And I said, well, I'm only talking to my sister. I'm not a, I'm not a pedophile. She's not a, she's not a drug dealer. Like, I think we're okay. But in the early days of the internet, people wouldn't touch it. And even when my sister had a baby with her American husband, she took pictures of the baby and emailed them to me and emailed them to my mum and dad. And my mum wouldn't look at the computer. She'd say to my dad, you print the picture out and you show it to me. You print the email out and you show it to me like it's a letter. Because she wouldn't even read an email because the internet was this big, scary thing. And I think it's the same with, with cryptocurrency. Like Bitcoin came out as an alternative to the banking system. And in my business, we do a lot of outsourcing. So we're paying staff in Africa and India and Indonesia and other places. And sending bank transfers to these guys cost you between $30 and $70. And when someone told me about Bitcoin and you could, you could send $1,000 worth of Bitcoin for 50 cents. And they just said, it's like money that you can email. And yes, there's volatility, so it might go up and down, but if I email the money to you and you cash it out straight away, you don't care about the volatility. It's up to you if you want to hold a little bit and watch it go up and down in value, like people hold on to gold. But if I paid you every fortnight in gold, most people would just cash the gold out and, and go and spend it. Some people would hang on to the gold for a little while. And of course, gold prices go up and down as well. So Bitcoin is kind of like 
gold that you can email to someone very easily and very quickly. Uh, whereas other projects, you know, Ethereum is kind of more like the oil that runs a lot of the, the industry. And other projects, you know, Power Ledger and IOTA and this sort of stuff, they're just little stocks, they're little businesses that do different things and add value. So for, for people getting their head around cryptocurrency, it's a lot like getting around the internet in the early days. Like some people have got a bad opinion of it. And yes, some people, you know, they bought a bad cryptocurrency on the bad day and they lost money. But then, you know, some people bought airline stocks the week before 9-11. You know, some people bought Lehman Brothers the week before the, the 2008 global financial crisis. And if you'd lost money straight away, you go, oh, that's it, I'm never doing it again. But if you held on to it, those stocks, the good stocks bounce back, bad ones disappear, of course, but you hold on to it. And over time, those things go up, particularly, as I say, if you've got a diversified portfolio, because obviously Lehman Brothers went down and never came back, but a lot of other things bounce back. So, I've, you know, in, in my career of 30 years, I've said people go, oh, I'd never invest in the stock market because grandpa lost money in the stock market. So when was that? Oh, that was 1929. So you know it bounced back after the Great Depression, right? You know it bounced back after World War II. You know it bounced back after Vietnam. So we have these ups and downs in cryptocurrency as well as the stock market. But as long as you're diversified and you do a little bit of research into each project, then you're going to be fine in the long haul. Great, man. You're all, the, the explanations you're giving are blowing through some of the questions that I was going to ask and don't need to. So, <laughs> Oh, feel free to ask anyway. Oh, no, no, that's fine. No, I got, I got plenty of questions if I need them. So yeah. uh, let, let me ask you this. Who, who's your ideal client right now and how do they find you? Uh, my ideal client would be someone who wants to make money over the longer term and possibly doesn't have time to do their own research. So when I first started trading cryptocurrency myself, um, I was sort of just doing it, keeping myself busy. I, I sold one of my financial planning businesses. I've retired twice. I retired first time in my 20s. I got bored. Uh, that's when I wrote the book, How to Be Your Own Financial Planner. Um, and then I retired again in my 30s after selling one of my businesses. And I meditated, hung out in Bali, you know, hung out with a lot of um, Tibetan Buddhist monks and things, trying to balance my other side of my brain rather than my analytical mathematical side. And you know, so, as I say, someone introduced me to crypto and I thought, oh, I, I can handle this. I can understand this. Um, and then I started helping other people and teaching other people. Because it's literally like, I can, I can teach you how to, how to research crypto projects in less than five minutes, if you want to do it yourself. But if you've got to research every single cryptocurrency project, that's going to be five minutes and five minutes and five minutes. And all of a sudden it's taken all your day. If you don't have time, then obviously you, you choose a, a crypto mutual fund and you don't put all your money in crypto the same as you wouldn't put all your money in stocks. You wouldn't want to put all your money in bonds because we've just had a crash in the bond market recently with the Ukraine situation. So diversifying and saying, okay, have a little bit of money invested in property, have a little bit of money invested in stocks, have a little bit in bonds, have a little bit in crypto. And when one goes down, the other one goes up and you're gonna be okay over the longer term. So it's, it's really about diversification. I mean, some people have heard the stories, oh yes, Bitcoin crashed by 50% earlier in 2022. But did you know that Netflix crashed by 75% at the same time, PayPal, and, um, and Facebook, Meta, went down 50% at the same time. 
So crypto will grab the headlines. They say, oh, Bitcoin dropped by 50%. It's so scary. But other stocks also dropped by 50 and 75%. The gold price went down at the start of the pandemic. So the idea is the old eggs in different baskets because some things will go down, but at the same time, other things will be going up and you balance yourself out. Great. Well, at the, for listeners that are listening to all this good information, how do they find you? How do they reach out? Uh, if you want to do it yourself, we've got our, our little not-for-profit organization set up where we teach you how to do it yourself for free. And it's called Krillionaire.com. So C-R-Y for crypto and the last letters of millionaire. So Krillionaire.com is where you can find out how to do it yourself. If you want someone else to do it for you, someone who's been doing it for three decades and, you know, it's pretty okay. It does okay. Uh, that's bostontrading.co. So Boston, as in I've got two little Boston Terriers and most guys in America know how to spell Boston. Bostontrading.co is where we actually do it for you. Okay, great. Good information. So we're kind of running out of time here. You got any final thoughts for people? Um, how much time do we have, mate? Well, take another two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Okay. I, I was I was going to teach people how to how to choose their own cryptocurrencies, but we don't have time for that because, as I say, that takes five minutes. But again, there's there's some bad ones. There's some good ones. We've been running this fund for seven years, and because we do our research, we've never had a single rug pull. We've never had a single scam. Um, we did own a little bit of Terra Luna when Terra Luna went down, but it was 2% of the portfolio. So 2% of our, our portfolio dropped rapidly, but 98% it was okay. And we've had six coins that we've bought, six projects that we've bought into that have made over 10,000% in less than a year. So again, diversification, you get one or two that goes bad. As long as you're doing your research, you're on the winning side with most of the trades. So. That's, that's what we do. And again, happy to, happy to teach people if they've got five minutes to sit down or five minutes to go through the trillionaire.com blog site. Um, otherwise, we do it for you so you can concentrate on doing all the other things that you like to do with your time. Well, that's excellent. I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm going to use that as a perfect ending to this episode. So that's another wrap on a great epi guest episode of the Evolvepreneur Secret Show. And uh, if you like it, before you go, please give us a five-star rating and maybe share it with a couple of friends. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any future episodes or catch up on some past ones, go to EvolvepreneurSecrets.show. And if you're an entrepreneur, let's uh, get your best idea out there today.